You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, welcome back to Walk It Out. And I love the topic of today's show. And I would say, especially in my years as a mom, my oldest is 31, my youngest is nine, I have discovered the power of my words to either lift up my child, tear down my child, and everything in between. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the book, The Power of a Woman's Words. And let me tell you a little bit about my guest. Sharon Janes is a Bible teacher and conference speaker who is passionate about helping women live fully and freely in Christ. She is a writer for Proverbs Proverbs 31 Ministries, co-founder of Girlfriends in God, and best-selling author of more than 20 books. Sharon makes her home in North Carolina with her husband, Steve. So welcome, Sharon. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm especially excited to be here because it's your birthday. It is. We are recording on my birthday. I'm 49 today. (laughs) My husband's like, how do you feel about being 49? I'm like, you know what? My life, God has done exceedingly more than I ever thought or imagined. Like, I'm good with it. (laughs) I'm very good with it. I love it. Well, I love your book so much. And um, I've been reading it, but I think I want to get the audio book too, because I just love just getting the words in my mind as I'm cooking or gleaning, because I think it's such an important topic. And I have to say within the first chapter, there's something that made me laugh out loud. And it's the sweetest thing. And it's something that you said um, that your grandma said. And so my grandma's (laughs) 90, almost 91. And she lives Mm -hmm. with me. And I wrote this down. And she said, what's down the well comes up the bucket. And I'm like, I think I need to put that like on my refrigerator or on my desk. I love that. And it's talking about what's inside is what's going to come out with our words. So I would just love just you to tell us a little bit about just your reason why you wanted to write this book. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Trisha, what what I saw in my life um, as a child was the difference that a woman's words made. Um, I grew up in a home where, um, you know, my, my parents both worked hard. My dad worked mm-hmm. in a building supply company and later um, was part owner of that. My mom had a little craft shop. She worked hard at that. And they got married very, very young, came from difficult situations. I wouldn't say a bad family, but my mom was one, the middle child of 12. My dad's dad died when he was six. So he was raised by a single mom and it was right after Mm -hmm. the depression. So they came into marriage just not knowing how to make a family work. And um, they, my dad drank a lot. And um, when he drank, he would get drunk. And there was a lot of fighting growing up, a lot of violence in my home. Um, I, I saw things, Tricia, a little girl should never see and, and heard right. words that a little girl should never hear. And, and in all of that, 
um, the hiding in the closet and all that went on in my home in all of that, I always felt like, you know what, there's just something wrong with me. I'm not a good, I'm not a good little girl. Um, you know, if your parent, I felt like my parents didn't love me. They did. They just didn't know how to show it. But, you know, that right. mainly my mom would say very, very hurtful things to me to make me feel like that I was not enough. And um, interestingly, mm. that's another one of my books. It's called Enough, Silencing the Lies that Steal Your Confidence, because I heard so many negative words growing up. They were just ingrained in my mind. Now, let's let's fast forward to age 12. At age 12, I started hanging out with a girl in my neighborhood. Um, she became my best friend. She lived on the next block. Her name was Wanda. And her mom just was a fountain of, of positive words. She would um, compliment me, and she began to tell me about uh, a heavenly father who loved me so much. And after a while, I did share with her about some of the things that went on in my home. I spent a lot of nights over at her house. But I got to see from from 12 until I graduated from high school the effect that a woman's words had in a good way. Um, and eventually when I was 14, I became a Christian, accepted Christ through this woman. It was through her words. And uh, honestly, Trisha, I thought she was a little strange because she would walk around the house singing little praise songs. And she talked about Jesus like she knew him personally. And, you know, I thought that was really strange, but I wanted <laughs> what she had. So the good news is this, I've left my, my parents in a really bad, bad light. And we don't have time to talk about this today, but I will say after I became a Christian at 14, my mother accepted Christ three years later. And then my father, that mean old man who who was, you know, drinking, had affairs, gambling. I mean, you name it, he did it. <clears throat> but that man gave his life to Jesus, too, and became one of the sweetest men I've ever known. So God did a, a miraculous work in our family. But look where it started. It started with the power of a woman's words. It started with the woman down the street who used her words in a positive way to bless this little girl, to tell her about Jesus, to encourage her. She changed my life. And then it overflowed to both of my parents. So I had from a very early age seen the difference of negative words and positive words from a woman. And then lo and behold, I got married and had a child. And I thought, okay, now what am I going to do? I want to be a student of the words that I speak both to my husband and to my child to make sure I'm using my words in a good way. So from, from very early on in my, in my twenties, when I got married and had my first child, I paid attention to the words I said. Now I am not saying I did it perfectly. Absolutely not. Um, my husband's not home, but if he was in the room, he would go, amen, amen. Tell the truth. <laughs> but um, and yeah. I tell a funny story about that, actually, at the beginning of the book. But um, but I did get to see um, the difference and wanted I wanted to be that kind of woman, a woman who used my words oh, well. That, that is so good. And as you're just telling your stories, I'm thinking of um, my, my Sunday school teacher, you know, different people in my lives, different school teachers that just believed in me. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and my grandma became a Christian. I was about second grade and it was the women at church that even when I was a pregnant teenager reached out to me, came to visit me, even when I was like not wanting to see them, you know, would pray for me, um, gave me a baby shower. And those women's words that believed in me when I was in my darkest point, I'm 
I'm like, man, if those women still love me and encourage me and are kind to me, maybe God still loves me too. And it makes such a huge difference when we have those people in our lives that are encouraging us, that believe in us, when we see the hope in them. And even I'm thinking back um, to when I was in high school, one of my friends, her dad was retired military. And I remember... um, I was riding with them in the car and he started asking like, what do you want for your future? And what are your dreams and goals? And I remember that was the first time someone had even asked me uh, about that. So even, you know, we're talking about women's words, but anyone's words that are encouraging Mm you, um, especially in those young ages, make such an impact on us. And, um, you know, one of your quotes is our words are powerful and they have consequences for good or for bad. And I've seen that even in my kids what we've adopted. Um, just all the negative words. It's it's taking so much time and work to, you know, show them, no, God has good plans for you. And I, you know, all the hard stuff that they went through and the words that they heard, it does take a lot to change that. But we can. We can speak truth and life into people in our family and to people all around us. And and the thing, Trisha, too, with um those negative words that your adopted children have already had placed into their minds um, is those negative words um, seem to have a greater impact than the positive words mm-hmm. that we hear. And, and studies have shown that it takes um, several more positive words to outweigh the, the negative words that they hear. It's just something, the way our brain is wired we just remember those more. I mean, you could probably think of, um, I've read your books. I've followed your ministry. I know how incredible you are. Um, and I think about if, if when you write something or when you go, when you speak and, and people are telling you the impact, but then you get this one email. Oh yeah. <laughs> We've all had yeah. those. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a file that I need to delete called mean emails, but, um, but you get this one email and then, it just ruins your day. And you might have 90 emails that are telling you what a great impact you have. But what do we think about? We think about mm-hmm. that one negative one. So as a parent, as a wife, um, I like to think of it, think of it this way, that we can, we can cover our people in our, in our homes with little sticky notes of um, just think of the Jolly Green Giant. And he has those little shingles like the, the big bean. But suppose yeah, they're co- yeah. like you're, they're just covered in, in sticky notes with, with um, words written on them. And, you know, then we, we say something negative and one of those positive words, one of those sticky notes falls off. And we pick it up and we try to stick it back on. But, you know, sticky notes never stick as well the second time. And, and then the husband goes to work or the child goes to school or out in the world to work. And they get more negative words, more negative words. And those sticky notes just keep falling off. And by the time they get home, you know, the, a lot of those sticky notes are gone. And so as a mother and as a wife, we want to make sure that we're putting enough positive sticky notes on there that if, if some of the negative ones, um, words come along and make them fall off, then they're not going to be totally exposed. They'll still have enough of those positive words to keep them going. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we do this maybe unintentionally and I have a, a really good example. Um, you know, we have chores and we have a chore list and all the kids and I find myself have you done your chore or you didn't do this part or you know go back going back in and oh you forgot to wipe down the counter I mean just always on my kids all the time and then we were dealing with grumbling I'm like oh you guys are grumbling you just you know and then I you know as I was praying a couple years ago about this and God said well why don't you just praise them for the parts they're doing right Mm. and stop just talking about all the things they're doing wrong and I remember 
one of my daughters, she's about 12 at the time. And I would always go in and like, okay, you forgot to do this part. You know, I'm inside. I'm thinking, okay, I need to teach her how to do things right. right. Like (laughs) do chores right. And instead I started going in and saying, wow, look at that. Look at that part of that counter is just shining. You're doing such a great job. And I just kept going in and, and encouraging her, you know, through the course of her cleaning the kitchen. And she just kept cleaning mm-hmm. and cleaning and cleaning. And I realized what a huge difference for me to praise her. It just inspired her. She Now she's singing along. She is just so funny. Now when she cleans the kitchen, she does such a great job. But she has the music on blast. She's dancing <laughs> around. And I'm like, what a different child mm-hmm. than the one when I was nitpicking all the time of like, oh, you didn't do this right. And it was just me just pointing out. And praising her made a huge difference, and even just as simple as simple as a chore. Mm-hmm. That that is such a great example. I mean, Trisha, think about when a baby is born. How much praise we give that baby? I mean, they roll over. Mm-hmm. We're praising them. They burp. We praise them for goodness' sake. You know, <laughs> we're just constantly, constantly. And then they get to an age where we thought, okay, now. We think now we've got to teach them. So we do exactly what you just said. You know, we we give them a chore, and then we tell them what they didn't do right because we think we're teaching them to how to do it better. Now, of course, there is some instruction. We've got to be parents to mm-hmm. instruct. But as the child gets older, what what I see happen so easily in my own life, and I see it in other mothers' lives, is those encouraging words become less and less, and we just start the instruction, instruction, pointing out what they didn't do right. And, you know, if that's all a child hears, they're going to give up. And they're yeah. going to think in their yeah. minds, they might not have this come out of their mouth. They're going to think, well, no matter what I do, it's not good enough. So why even try? And listen, there are a lot of men who feel that way about their wives, right. that they just give up trying to please them because they never can. They feel like they never can do anything right. But I've often heard that it's better to build children than repair adults. And I know with your ministry and my ministry with adults, most of what we're doing is repairing. You know, we're we're repairing the hurt that's there with adults. But what if we could start with our kids and make sure we're building them properly with good words so there's not so much repairing to do as they become older and and as adults? It's so true. And one quote I read somewhere was like something like – the words we speak are, becomes our child's inner voice. Mm-hmm. And I even think of that in myself. I mean, my mom was the one that was always at every school dance. Like she was so supportive. But I think back to if I got a B, she'd say, why wasn't it a B plus mm-hmm. or should have been a B plus. And she was even like, oh, next time you can get an A minus or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, or uh, I, I clearly remember because I had, especially, you know, teenage years, messy room. I hate to imagine what your house is going to be <laughs> when you're grown. Yeah. And I, I like had this inner voice for so many years. I remember spending so many Saturdays. My family's waiting for me to go do something and I'm scrubbing the house down because it's that inner voice of I got to have the house clean. You know, I, I don't I don't want anyone to come over and hate to see this house being a mess. And th- it was these records that kept playing in my mind. And then, of course, adopting seven kids. I'm like, <laughs> OK, this is either going to str- break, break me down and stress yeah. me out or I just have to let some things go. But even well-meaning things right, <laughs> like right. that um, become those inner voices that mm-hmm. we hear. One of the sentences, I, I think it's the most important sentence I wrote in the whole book, is that our words become the mirrors 
in which other people see themselves mm. uh, mirrored. Yeah. That's a hard word to say, um, <laughs> but but it's true. And that's what was happening with you is that's how you saw yourself because of your mother's mm-hmm. words that replay in that tape. And I'll tell you, um, Tricia, when you know that when we've heard certain things in our minds over and over as children, it's hard not to repeat that. When you become an adult, right. I'm, I remember taking my son when he was, my son's 34 now, but I think he was about 12 and I was taking him to an amusement park right before school was starting. And listen, I don't like amusement parks. They're, they cost too much. It was hot. The lines were long. I don't really enjoy the rides. And tell me if you can relate to this, Tricia. I mean, I was feeling like a good mom. You know, I was the martyr mom. I'm there. I'm there I'm with doing him. It. Yeah. I'm doing it. And I was thinking to myself, I bet he doesn't even realize what a good mom he has. So I'm going to tell him. Now, I got ready to say to him, we were on a, this ride together and I was behind him. I was got, getting ready to say, you're, you were so lucky to have a son, to have, you were so lucky to have a mom like me to bring you to a place like this. But then the Holy Spirit stopped me and I thought, would he feel lucky to have a mom like me if I said that? No, it was an old, mm-hmm. one of those old tapes that I was getting ready to just spit out something that had hurt myself. And I, the Holy Spirit stopped me. And instead, I said, I am so lucky to have a son like you that I can bring to a place like this. Now, that was just a really little change. But right. man, it had a, such a different response. The first one would have made him feel guilty and like he owed me something. The second one blessed him. And you know what, Trisha, making that change blessed me too, because I'll be be honest, every moment is not a Kodak moment with our words. But that one, I felt like I had listened to the Holy Spirit and made that change and it made all the difference. I love that so much. I love when you talk about the Holy Spirit just checking you like, wait a minute, you know, and I think that's so important. What another thing that um, you talk about is you say that what comes out of our mouth is a reflection of what's in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And the first step is getting our heart right. And I think that's so important. Like we're talking about, we need to speak words of truth and bless our kids. But if we're just spouting things, just to spout things, like everyone's going to know, you know what yeah. I mean? But it, when we pause and listen to the Holy Spirit, when we're sitting before him prayerfully and asking him, like even this morning, I'm like, okay, there's someone I need to write a note to because I'd said some words like, I could say, well, they were mel- well-meaning. I wanted him, her to do, that's one of my kids, by the way. I wanted her to do things right. But I'm like, you know what? I did not say that. And even as I was going over your book again this morning, I'm like, I just need to later today sit down and write a note to her and apologize. But that reflection of the Holy Spirit for us pausing, like the Holy Spirit will show us. Like if we say, you know, mm-hmm. what have I said? What can I say differently? What do I need to apologize for? And I think that's so important is getting down to our heart and getting before God, because that is really where the change is going to come Absolutely. from. Absolutely. And going back to the very first thing that, you know, like grandma said, what's down in the well is going to come up in the bucket. And then the Bible says what is in the heart will come out of the mouth. Um, so it's yeah. really getting the heart right. But I want to encourage someone, anyone who's listening today that even if you do make this decision, okay, I am going to tame my tongue. First of all, there's good news and bad news. The, the bad news is that James says that no one can tame the tongue. Because that that <laughs> oh, is bad news. Um, but the good news is the Bible also says nothing is impossible with God. So that is the good news. That's where we start. We have to start with our heart and asking God, asking the Holy Spirit to prompt us. So we pray. 
We pray. And then the second thing is practice. So we got to combine those two mm-hmm. things, prayer and practice, prayer and practice. And the, the more we practice saying positive words and stop saying the negative words, the easier it will become. But even if we are feel like we're making headway, and I just want to encourage someone who's listening right now, even if you make headway, you're still going to mess up. I'm going to still mess up. Trish is still going to mess up. You know, I'm reminded of a story when um, I was, um, I think I was about 21 and I was driving home from the coast. It was about two and a half hour drive. I was by myself. It was July 4th weekend, very, very crowded. And um, I was actually, here's a little secret. I don't think I wrote this in the book. I had just broken up with my boyfriend. So, mm, <laughs> so I was crying yeah. and I should have <laughs> been driving. And But anyway, I, um, my car front tire slipped off the road. Now, in the flash, my mind went back to being 15, taking driver's ed and remembering the the driver's ed instructor saying, if your car goes off the road, do not jerk the steering wheel to pull it back on. Slow down and then pull it on. Okay. I knew that in my head. I mean, that thought went through my head right that second. But what did I do? I jerked the steering wheel and um, because that reflex action was so strong that even though I knew in my head, I shouldn't, I just, I I reacted and I jerked it back on. And then I crossed several lanes of traffic, ended up going down on the bankment, rolling over, landing upside down. Oh my goodness. Praise God. I was fine. I crawled out the window, but it just showed me how strong those reflexes are. So as you are praying about the words you speak and you are practicing saying positive words, we have to know that we still have these reflexes that have to be reprogrammed. See, the Bible says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. So it starts with, we've got to renew our mind. We renew our mind with God's word. Um, We renew our mind by even making lists. I think those are awesome. Um, in, In the book, I have a list of words not to say to your husband, words that your husband longs to hear, words to say to your, that your children don't want to hear words they do want to hear. So you can use this list. You can make your own list of, of things that you need to avoid saying, and then words that you want to incorporate into your daily life, speaking life to others, to your husbands, your children, friends, um, just out in the world at the grocery store. I mean, make a commitment. You know, I'm going to encourage five people today. Uh, it might be the grocery store, it might be the bank. I don't know if you're social distancing or, or if you're if you're living somewhere where you can't um, go out in the community. But one day we will be able to do that again. Yes. <laughs> um, but here's an idea is to put five pennies in your right pocket and say, I'm going to encourage five people today. And then as oh my you goodness, do I it, love that. move the penny from your right pocket to your left pocket. And then by the end of the day, make sure that you have moved all those pennies. Now, that's just an easy way to practice. Just practice um, saying positive words to people, encouraging words to people. Mm, I love that. So, I, I, in fact, I had it p- turned open to page 111 where you have power packed words f- that friends would love to hear. So, that's in fact, when you led into the list, I'm like, I'm sitting here with the book open because that's what oh, I want to talk about okay. next. Because, uh, like you were saying, you could have a list that you could post somewhere. Um, some of the things that you, know, you say to a friend is, You bring out the best in me, you're an inspiration to me. Um, how can I pray for you today? I mean, these are things that people 
want to hear you inspire me to be a good person. Oh, I love this one. Can I bring you dinner tonight? And this made me think of <laughs> yeah. Um, just out here on the 4th of July, not very long ago, we do this little cul-de-sac um, letting off fireworks and our our neighbors go crazy just buying fireworks. It's a fun little time. You know, so we're still social distancing, but everyone's around the cul-de-sac and uh, our older kids who live in town that married and have kids were going to come over. And we found out that our our neighbor who had visited her dad who had cancer um, had been exposed to COVID. Mm. And so all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, I don't want to tell my older kids because they're not because my my kids have been with their kids. Like, you know, they're we're in and out, they're in and out of each other's house mm-hmm. all the time. So I'm like, oh, no. So she's been exposed. Like, what's this going to do? But I, you know, ended up telling my kids and they decided not to come over. So I was really discouraged. I'm like, man, this is so discouraging. Yeah. I was so frustrated. And it wasn't her fault. Like she was going to see her dad who had cancer and ended up being exposed from another family member. I was just like having a really grumpy day. And then as I thought about it, I'm like, man, if I'm having a hard day, she's probably having a really hard day because she's like staying in her room right. trying to, you know, stay away from her family. And I said, you know what? I'm making dinner. I'm going to double the recipe and I'm going to take him dinner. And just those thought patterns in my mind from me being upset that like this, my day is not going as planned to I'm going to make them dinner. And it was, I mean, they enjoyed it. I had such a better attitude. And it's just those little switches in our minds to encourage someone instead of being frustrated with them. Um, It made a huge difference in our day. And I think we can all do that. So I love this list that you have and the list that you have throughout the books. I think I love the pennies thing too, like (laughs) putting pennies in the pocket. I'm like, I can do that. I have... We have 10 people in my house. Like I could put 10 pennies uh, yeah. in my pocket and do that throughout mm-hmm. the day. And I think that is such mm-hmm. a great thing. And what a different atmosphere we'll all have if, you know, I take the time and do that. That's such a great here's idea. Here's something very simple we can do too, Trish, is to make a list of words that we wish someone would say to us. Mm. Um, and then turn around and, and say that to someone else. So that's, that's a good really way good to make too. your own list. Yeah. Here's another thing that I've done at women's conferences before. I've, I've had them all wear a, a tight rubber band on their wrist. And every time they say something negative or hurtful throughout the weekend, they have to pop it, pop the rubber band. <laughs> and, yeah, I, and I yeah. give them permission to pop each other's rubber bands. So uh, <laughs> so that that's kind of a fun exercise to do also. That's great. And I think, you know, when we... Uh, kind of get even on ourselves like oh man that was a dumb thing or you know I get on my kids all the time like don't talk about my daughter that way you know you're doing fine and I think so many times we can get in those negative patterns and it's so helpful to you know when we can catch ourselves or have other people like you know what let's just think about something positive and I'm always in that with my kids let's think about something positive in the situation and turning it around and you know Proverbs 18 21 which we quote in the book death and life are in the power of our of the tongue and it's it's not just like the bigger picture of death and life but even in our day are we breathing death or life into our situation into our homes and um, I love that so much just catching ourselves and encouraging others Mm -hmm. to speak life and even in their own Mm -hmm. lives and right now at this time in history we are hearing so much negative all the time Mm -hmm. and uh, with covid and uh, with everything else that's going on it's just negative 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 and people are getting depressed um they are getting down and we could be people that are speaking life into other people to to help them 
Um, I, I call this the bucket principle. Um, and I've, I talk about this as well. Um, if you remember the story of um, Elijah was by a, it was called the Kareth Ravine. It was a, during a time when Israel was experiencing a drought. But mm-hmm. God had him living by this ravine. Um, so he had water and then ravens would come and bring him meat. But eventually the ravine dried up. So God sent him to this this little uh, widow of Zarephath and um, God had sent him there because she was going to provide for him was the plan. But when he got there, she was picking up sticks because she had just a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour to make one more meal, and then she was going to die. So her and her son, she said, we're going to die. So this was a very yeah. discouraged woman, very discouraged. And yet God sent this prophet to her to ask for bread. Well, he said, I'll tell you what, you make me a cake of bread with what you've got left. And then your jar of oil, your your bowl of flour, they will not run out during the time of of this drought. Well, that's exactly what happened. We know that story. She makes him the bread, goes back. There's more oil in the jar, more flour in the bowl, and it just keeps multiplying and multiplying. Well, I call that the bucket principle because so many times, Tricia, we feel like we have nothing to give. We are discouraged. And we're like, how can I think about encouraging someone else when I am so down myself? I'm just an empty bucket. But here's the thing. When we encourage someone else, even when we don't feel like it, you know what happens? God fills our buckets back up. Just yeah. as God filled her back up when she gave to someone else, God will fill us back up when we pour out to someone else. Now, there are people who, when they feel like they don't have much in their bucket, will try to dip out of someone else's bucket. You know what I'm talking about. They they will yes, cut someone exactly. else down or speak negatively to someone else to make themselves feel better, but it never works. There's always a hole in that bucket. So even during these trying times that we're living through, if we can look for the good that has come out of it. I mean, even today I was talking to a friend about the COVID thing. We were talking about how many families were together more now than have been in so long because they have to be Um, how many people are eating meals together now and before that wasn't a thing because they were always running around to sports activities so looking for the positive and pouring out to other people god's going to pour back into you and fill you back up yeah and that's so good especially you know when we're talking about having these kids at home and so many changes in their lives and you know as adults we're struggling but I mean, our kids' activities have been stopped, summer camps, all these you know fun things that they were looking forward to. And I remember when we first were, and we homeschool, so we're kind of home anyway, <laughs> but there was a lot of extra, extracurricular activities that were canceled and fun things with friends. And, um, you know, we, after like a week at home, everyone was just so down and discouraged. I'm like, we need to do something different. And so everyone woke up that morning. I'm like, we're going to make cookies and we're going to doorbell ditch all the neighbors. And we're just going to take a plate of cookies and write an encouraging note and, uh, ring the doorbell, leave it there. Um, and we, you know, put who we are, you know, this is our neighbors down the street, (laughs) you know, and who we are. And um, so we went and did that. And it just totally changed. You know, we went from a week of loss and loss, and this isn't going to happen. And that isn't going to happen. And sports is going to be canceled. I mean, all the things to like, 
all of a sudden we spent the day making cookies and they had the best Aww. time. And then we got text messages from the neighbors appreciated. And even later when we're you know, a month later, when we're walking the dog, you know, we'll have the neighbors shout, those cookies were great. And I'm like, <laughs> what a difference. Just us leaving cookies and encouraging notes on the neighbors changed our attitudes. Right. right. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that's such a great principle when we are feeling down, how can we pour out and help and encourage someone else? Because that will flip things around Mm -hmm. completely. That's the power of women's words right there. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, we, uh, you know, our words are powerful and they have consequences and it can be for the positive when we take the Mm -hmm. time and And do it. it. And it truly will shape the lives of other people. It does. It does. And especially us as we pour out to other (laughs) people um, from the inside. And that's something that we can show our kids. And even recently, um, you know, as we're continuing on, we're looking at more months and stay home orders and all the things I was thinking, what can we do? And so we started gathering, we're doing um, bags for the homeless. Mm -hmm. We're putting little Mm -hmm. water bottles and nail clippers and masks and hand sanitizers. And we're packing up things and scripture verses and we're writing little notes in it. And again, this is another thing that I'm doing with my kids. So we're like, how can we serve and give and encourage someone else during this time because I'm like we have a house right you know we have a house that we're yeah. in um and so now we're packaging those up and then our kids are like okay can we drive around and start giving <laughs> these to people but again it's the power of uh we never know how those little notes mm-hmm. that the kids are writing and putting mm-hmm. in those bags is going to change Absolutely. someone and encourage yeah. them well I love this book so much I um I have a dog ear <laughs> things so like I said I'm, I think I'm going to buy the audible version too just so I could listen oh, to it um as a as good reminders but for people who want more information about you and information about the book where can they go and find that well probably the easiest place is my website and it's sharonjanes.com my last name's kind of strange it's j-a-y-n as in nancy e-s so sharonjanes.com um, the book is there it also has a bible study guide so it's a, a great resource to use for women's bible studies um, in churches um, and it does have an audible version you can find the book on amazon and i believe the audible version is up on amazon right now i just personally got a copy of it myself last week so i I know i know they've created it um and also on my website um there is something called the five day taming the tongue challenge so i want to encourage people to go there that you you sign up and then you get emails there's five emails, five consecutive days that challenge you in different areas of controlling your tongue. So that's free. And also under the freebies, um, there's a free sec- section of freebies. There's a download of some of these lists that are in the book. So you don't have to buy the book to get oh, some of good. the good. So then I could just print they them up. Print up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to sit here and write them yeah. all out. But hey, that makes it even it does, easier yeah. on me. <laughs> Okay. Oh, great. And I'm looking forward. To, I'm going to go sign up for that five days. Okay. Uh, that sounds good. I love getting reminders in my email too. Like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm working yeah, on right me too. now. Me too. Oh, thank you so much for being here. I have been encouraged and blessed. And I know my kids are going to be thankful today oh, that we talked. <laughs> We're going, going through the days, I'm going to be encouraging them and, and speaking those words because it really, really does well, make a thank difference. You, Tricia. And thank you for all you do. You bless so many people. Oh, thank you. I love it. Well, friend, were you encouraged by Sharon? I know I was. And really, that is the whole goal of Walk It Out to bring encouragement and inspiration, 
help and hope to you to see how ordinary people are changing their lives one step at a time. And Sharon is really showing us how to do that with our words. And I loved so many things. I do have to say my probably my favorite thing is what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. <laughs> that is such a great saying. It just reminds me, get your heart right, get your heart right. And then the words will follow. So good. Um, and I love just the whole idea that she said about putting a penny by pennies in our pocket. And every time we encourage someone, move it to the next pocket. And uh, I think that's a great tangible reminder. So everyone, let's try to do that today. If you do that, send me a message on social media or at hello at trishagoyer.com and tell me how it goes. I would love to hear. But as we're talking about this, um, it goes back to the walk it out verse of the week, which is Proverbs 18:21, which I mentioned during the show, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that is truly powerful that God has given us the ability through our words to lift people up, to tear them down, to bring life, to bring hope, to bring truth or to bring death and destruction. And we have that power today. So I just want to pray for us that we will all use our words in powerful, wonderful, good ways to build people up today. So dear Lord, I just come to you today. And I just know like even as we're talking, even as I was reading, I mentioned I need to write a note to someone and apologize. And and during the day, just to catch myself, to stop myself from letting those words go out, especially when I'm tired or frustrated or overwhelmed, Lord, control my tongue. I pray with the for the listeners today that you will help them also to control their tongues and to turn it around and to speak words or write words that are positive that can encourage other people today. Lord, I thank you for Sharon. I thank you for her honesty and just her just being so vulnerable to share about some of the struggles she's had and how God, you have helped her um, to change and to speak words of hope and truth to other people. I pray that you'll be with her and bless her, bless her ministry, Lord. And um, I pray this message will just go out and that it will have a ripple effect in families, even during these hard, dark, days that they will speak words of encouragement to the each other to the neighbors um to social media friends and that our words will make a difference even during these hard times lord i, I pray that you will change us from the inside out in your name we pray Amen. Well, friend, I am so thankful that you are here. I am so thankful that you take time to tune in, to listen. And if you um, enjoyed this broadcast, go over to iTunes, just leave a review. Um, it just helps other people find Walk It Out Podcast, share the links with a friend, tell people about it, and uh, that they can look at in their own podcast players or on iTunes and listen. It really helps me. And I hope this this podcast will just get out there and encourage and bless other people. Um, and again, the book is The Power of a Woman's Word. So consider getting that for yourself and then reading it and sharing it with a friend. But I just appreciate you being here and I pray that you will have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.